Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Azrin here, owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode. I can't remember the last time I sat down and recorded an episode with me just talking to you guys like this. I've made a number of episodes recently where I have recorded a conversation with Catherine, myself, and Colton. I haven't posted them all yet, but I have them on my computer ready to upload. And today I felt like making a podcast like this, where I grab my microphone and just talk to you. There are a number of things on my mind that I'd like to share. Some of them are things that I just feel like sharing, and other things are ones that I think can be helpful to you. I suppose I feel like sharing those too, but they're, uh, they're actually potentially helpful, whereas some things are just, I guess, personal things I'd like to talk about. So the first thing I'd like to talk about is an app I've been using, or rather, I can't remember the name of the app, but a concept anyway, which is a concept which is habit tracking. So habit tracking, you might have already heard of this before. It's basically where you track the action steps you take in different categories of your life. So you might say, I want to spend this much time on language learning every day or every week. So every single time you do, you actually spend that much time on language learning. You can check it off. You can check it off on your habit tracker. I actually have a language learning habit tracker. If you would like it, please send me a message by going to azarinthelanguagenerd.com slash contact. That's A-Z or Z-R-E-N, thelanguagenerd.com slash contact. Send me a message. I can, happy to, I'd be happy to send you that habit tracker. Um, but there are other ones too, lots of different apps, a lot of different templates you can find on Google just by searching habit tracker, Excel templates. So I've been focusing on using some habit tracking myself. There are a few different categories that I have for habit tracking. I'll share some of them with you. So one of them is a language learning one. It's the number of words that I add in the Link app. Link, some of you might know it as LingQ. It's an app primarily for listening and reading practice, primarily. And uh, I've been using my habit tracker to track how many words I add day by day by day by day by day in this app. So for example, today, or rather yesterday, sorry, yesterday I added 373 words in total. Now it sounds like a lot, but keep in mind that I haven't been using Link very actively for very long. And so Link is still catching up to how many words I actually know. So a lot, the majority, I would say, of those 373 words were words I'd already known, and they were really easy just to mark known in the app. It was really fast. I didn't actually learn them and memorize them in one day, right? Um, I also have another category in my habit tracker, um, which is business growth. So how many tasks that did I do in a day that I think might grow my business? I am trying to grow my business right now. It's an important, it's been an important focus, I would say, for the past few months in particular. You see, I've had, I would say, two, maybe more than two, but two that come to mind right now, two phases in my business where I was feeling like, um, I suppose, I felt like I was unsatisfied with the amount of growth my business was, was, was having. The first time was about three years into running the business. I think it was about 2019 or 2020, I think 2020, actually. And that was because I wasn't making very much money. 
at that time. I was living, I was basically earning something in the range of $20,000 a year for the first three years of running the business. So it was like twenty to $25,000. I think it was 23 exactly, if I remember correctly. I made like $23,000 each year for the first three years of running the business. And I thought, man, this is not sustainable. And I told myself, if I don't see a significant jump in sales in year four, I probably need to shut this down. And so in year four, the business doubled, and then it continued to grow for you know a couple of years after that. Now, 2023, the business was stagnant. So I basically did the same. It grew marginally, but not by very much. It grew by a couple percent, something like that. So the business grew, the business basically stayed stagnant from last, from two years ago and last year. The sales didn't really increase or anything like that. And I was thinking, uh, really in the tail end of 2023, I was thinking, well, I want to have a, I want to set a priority of trying to grow this business again, because I do want it to grow. I want to help more language learners. I want to earn more money for certain personal financial goals that I have for myself. And, uh, you know, I want that to be, I want that to be a focus. So I thought to myself, well, one thing that is definitely in my control is how many action steps I take every day that might grow the business. And so I track those. So today, for example, I took 16 different, I did 16 different things to that, that might grow the business, right? <clears throat> There's also another category, which I called business goodwill. Now, goodwill has been my core. It's a core marketing strategy, but more than that, I would say it's a it's a, one of the core pillars, if not the central pillar of my business. The central pillar of my business is what I call goodwill. And goodwill is, I suppose, doing things to help language learners with no real expectation for them buying anything from me, not necessarily. So just, you know, making podcasts, for example, sharing advice on my blog, um, teaching free classes just for the sake of it, and things of that nature, and allowing, well, it feels good to do it, first of all. And also, you know, a lot of the leads that I get from my business, a lot of them have come and continue to come directly as a result of something that I did um, just for goodwill, just for goodwill, essentially, just as a nice thing to do. So I track how many things I do every day that I suppose are business goodwill that I think are just nice things to do. And maybe something comes of it in the future, six months later, a year, because someone remembers that I did something nice and maybe nothing comes and that's totally fine. When I was growing up, my mom had told me this analogy. I was probably only five or six years old. I was very young. And she told me I need to be very uh, careful with what I say. And I said, what do you mean? What she told me was, what, what you say is a boomerang. All your words and your actions as well are boomerangs. If you say something mean, it boomerangs back to you and hits you with something mean. If you say something nice or do something nice, the boomerang comes back to you and hits you with something nice. And so that was, a very, that was an imagery that I was taught from a very, very young age that I remember, um, I remember being told that. And I remember that being one pillar of me growing up. So I suppose I carry that, try to, it does definitely stay with me today. My mom, my mom actually taught me a whole bunch of very interesting um, 
visualizations, I guess, imagery. She had a lot of different imagery things that she would teach me growing up that were really helpful for me growing up. So she would tell me to put on my shield. So someone was saying something really mean or kind of bullying or whatever they're doing that hurts my feeling feelings, even if it's unintentional sometimes. She'd be like, well, why'd you let it in? Put up your shield. And she'd like make me imagine putting up a shield. And when you're a kid, right, you, um, that kind of stuff, you actually think it's real. You actually might think that you can put up an energy shield like you see on TV in the cartoons, right? So I'd picture it. And <laughs> that's sort of in my brain now. There's some other categories too on my habit tracker, but that's been uh, a newer development in my life that's been pretty, uh, pretty helpful. And maybe something that would be helpful, helpful, uh, helpful for you as well. Um, other things on my mind here have just been, what else is on my mind today? Let's see. What else would I like to share with you guys today? Today, I just grabbed my microphone and decided to talk, see what comes out. No, no planning whatsoever. And this will be a one take, a one take, um, a one take podcast. Um, I'm at an interesting place in my business right now where I am very likely, if all things go well, um, by the end of this week, going to have someone who will be working the very first person at the Calgary language nerds who'll be working basically full time. Everyone I've hired right now, I've got 20 some odd people on my team. One person who does some, some administrative work, one person who does some social, a little bit of social media content, editing, things like that helps me shoot some videos, things of that nature. And then the rest are all different part-time instructors for different languages. Um, so I've just over 20, I think it's 23 people, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah, probably by the end of this week, if all goes well, it should, I'll have someone working who will be essentially just under, it's not really full time, but she'll be working, let's say, very busy part time hours, let's say. Um, it, it, you know, initially, she's already, she already teaches for the Calgary language nerds. Um, but she'll be someone who just she just has time to teach. And so I had a conversation with her about potentially teaching way more classes. In the past, I've avoided, maybe you can relate to this, I don't know. Um, I've avoided hiring people that work significant part-time hours or full-time hours. I've, I've, I've avoided it. So I don't want, in the past, I haven't wanted people who teach 25 hours or 30 hours a week or 20 hours a week because... Well, if they, if they happen to quit, well, what that means is I now have all of their classes that I have to replace. I have to find replacements for. And that just sounds very stressful. Whereas if I have, you know, four Spanish instructors and all of them teach six students or five students or something like that, and then one of them has to reduce their hours or quit or whatever it is, it's only five people that I have to find a replacement, a replacement for. And so I've always avoided it, but this time around, I thought, let's, 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 let's give it a whirl. Let's give it a go. Um, one thing that, and this is something that I think would be helpful for you guys too, if you're a business owner and even just in your life, at least for me, it's very helpful in my life in business and otherwise. Um, it's learning to, um, learning to listen and communicate sounds cliche coming out of my mouth at least it sounds cliche to me but um with this particular instructor and really with everyone but this 
instructor in particular, you know, I talk, I'm talking a lot, I talk a lot to her, and I have spoken in the past with anyone I've ever hired, quite extensively about what they're looking for in terms of work. What do they want? Why are they wanting to work? What's important to them? Are they looking for something short term or long term? Why? What are some poor experiences they've had in the past at jobs? You know, can I make sure I don't replicate those mistakes? Um, you know, th things of that nature. And then me being very upfront about what I'm looking for. Like, hey, here's what matters to me. You said this matters to you. That goes in direct contradiction with what matters to me. Let's talk about that. Let's try and find a solution to it. So that's... That's a really big piece of this person that I'm hiring. Well, she already works for me, but the person who's getting more hours, that's a really big piece of um, me making the decision to give her more hours. In fact, that's why I said most likely by the end of the week, she'll have more hours because we haven't finished the conversation. I have a whole, we had a long hour, hour and a half conversation the other day, but we're going to finish at the end of this week. I think it all should go well, but who knows? Maybe, maybe things will change. Who knows? So that communication piece, I think, is very, um, I think it's, it's very important, I find. You know, uh, I recorded a podcast, I haven't posted it yet, but you'll, you'll hear it soon. Um, I recorded a podcast on Saturday, so just about a week ago, as a week, roughly a week ago from when I'm recording this one now. And it was a podcast with actually one of my instructors at the Calgary Language Nerds. We did it entirely in Spanish. Very, very long episode. It's like an hour and something long, hour and 45 minutes or something to that effect. And um, why did I bring that up? <laughs> I had a reason for bringing it up. No, I can't remember. Um, oh, yes. In the, <laughs> in the podcast, what we talked about was how, at least for me, my English level has improved over the years. Meaning... Five years ago, I don't think I was the communicator in English that I am now. I think I'm better at it. I'm better at understanding what people are saying between the lines. I'm better at seeing patterns. If someone says one thing, is that really what they mean? I'm better at finding the precise words that I need to articulate exactly what I'm trying to say. I'm better at many different aspects of communication in English. And in languages like French and Spanish, you know, I don't. I don't work on my communication skills in French and Spanish very often. Those are my two most advanced languages, of course, and I speak them to a very high degree proficiency. But I wonder if one of the reasons why, one reason that I feel like my level in those two languages, I feel less confident now than I used to, I, I suppose you can say, is that compared to my English, even though French and Spanish haven't, my French and Spanish haven't improved. Because my English has improved, the gap between my French and Spanish and my English is much larger. My English is way better, so my French and Spanish feel worse, even though maybe they're the same as they were three years ago. But to me, they feel worse because I can articulate myself way better in English. I definitely feel that. I can articulate myself much better in English than I could three, four, five, seven years ago. So, but my French and Spanish ability. Maybe I still articulate myself in French and Spanish just like I did in English eight years ago. But now I'm way better at articulating myself in English, but I don't carry that skill over to French and Spanish. 
so that's a fun thing to realize about languages, right? Um, when it comes to languages, you have many different types of, I suppose, skills that go beyond the four categories that most people are aware of. The four standard categories that language learners would probably be aware of are reading, writing, speaking, and listening. But it goes far beyond that. And in fact, if, you, if you've ever read the CEFR companion guide, you already know this. So the CEFR is a, a six-level system for tracking or measuring one's progress in another language. So the sixth level is called C2. It's the most advanced. And the first level is a low beginner level, and it's called A1. So if you ever read the companion guide, it's a 200 and something page document. If you ever even just read the table of contents, actually, for that matter, even the table of contents, you can find it on Google quite easily just by searching the CEFR companion guide. You'll see that there are so many elements of communication in this document that even you in your first language, you might struggle with. So there's a section on pragmatics, which is a branch of linguistics, for example. There's a whole section on turn taking. If I remember correctly, there's a section on turn taking in conversations. So are you someone who dominates conversations or are you someone who understands how to take turns in conversations? Everyone knows someone, you all probably know someone who talks too much and doesn't listen, who's a bad listener, even in your first language. They would score quite low on that section of the CEFR. Um, the CEFR. They would score quite low in that turn-taking section. Right? There are There are so many finer shades of not finer shades, but there are so many skills when it comes to communicating in any language. So many different skills, body language, understanding implied meaning, using exactly the right words to articulate exactly what you would like to say. You know, I had a, uh, I was on Twitter the other day, or X as they call it now. And uh, one thing that I do, here's a fun fact, actually. So, <laughs> One of the uh, core, uh, I guess, what would you say? I guess it's a marketing strategy, I suppose, but I've already talked about it. One marketing strategy for my business is if I just need to go and if I need to go grow the business, I have no leads, nobody who is interested, no one's contacting me to say, hey, I want information about classes. I'm at zero. I feel like I'm at zero and I need to go generate interest. I have the same strategy I've used for many years. I just go do a whole bunch of stuff for free. If I have no other ideas, I'll just go ask people, hey, do you want this for free? I'll be like, hey, do you want like three free classes? Hey, do you want four free classes? Hey, do you want two free classes? Hey, do you want to... Like I'm running three free workshops right now. A French uh, nasal vowel workshop. I'm doing a Spanish rolling your R's workshop. And I'm doing a self-study jumpstart. There are these three three-week courses that are just free. And there's no strings attached. Like, come on in. Like, there's no sales pitches in them. Like, just come right? Just, just show up. Um, so I do these kinds of things for free. So one thing I was doing, I was on Twitter and I was, I follow the, the Lang TWT, like Lang Twitter hashtag. And there's lots of language learners who talk about language learning. So it's fun to read through those sometimes and talk to people. So one day I was like, well, let me just go on Lang Twitter and see if there's people that are learning languages that, um, that I can actually offer something for. So like, for example, there are people that are learning Spanish that I could offer some free Spanish. I just hired a new Spanish instructor that wants hours. So I was like, hey, do you want some free classes with this new instructor? There's no strings attached. Do you want like two free classes, four, four free classes, whatever? Like, just go take class with him. Like, he, he needs work. And 
he's kind of new and inexperienced. So it's beneficial to me too, because then he gets experienced. So you want some free classes, like stuff like that. There's one lady who, who said yes. And I actually did the free class with her because I got really interested in what she wanted to do. She has a very high level of Spanish, extremely advanced. And she wrote basically a, an essay and we corrected her essay together. Now, when she wrote this essay and we're looking at, we're looking at this essay um, together, well, the thing that she really struggled with, and she has a super advanced level, I'm sure she'd pass a C1 or even a C2 level. I, I'm sure she would, C1 or C2 for sure. So advanced in reading, writing, speaking, like just um, a wow. Um, she whipped up a four page or a multiple page essay in like four hours and it's about international development and it's all these technical words. She used no translators, only use a dictionary. Like I was so impressed. Almost near perfect grammar extremely articulate but the problem with her writing and i talked to her about this was um the precision of her words so she'd write sentences that they're not the right words the sentence is correct and it makes sense and it's natural and a native speaker would say yes that's perfect but the problem is you can use more precise language so i'll give you an example there's um i forget there's a word for it there's an actual I think there's a technical word for it that I can't remember, but my, my, my mom, who's a teacher, when she teaches kids, she calls them one scoop, two scoop, and three scoop words. And she has this picture of ice cream cones and a three scoop word is three scoops of ice cream, two scoop, two scoop words have two scoops of ice cream and one scoop words have one scoop of ice cream. So one scoop word is something that's very, very simple in general. So bad is a one scoop adjective, for example, bad. Or maybe big. Big is a one-scoop adjective. A two-scoop two adjective might be more specific, for example. So instead of saying big, you might actually say uh, 25 meters tall, right? Or uh, 50 feet tall or whatever. That's more specific. That's two-scoop. And a three-scoop is even better. It's even more, it's an even more precise term. There's two categories for these two-scoop and three. There's rather two different criteria if something's a one, two, or three scoop word, there's probably more than two, but there's two big ones that come to mind now that I know about. And these categories are how precise the term is, because big is less precise than 25 feet tall. So it's there's how precise you are. But then there's also how evocative you are with your language. Eminem, the rapper, I like a lot of his, a lot of his songs, is a master lyricist. He's so good with his lyrics. He can make you feel all sorts. When you read his lyrics, oh, they're, they're often deadly. They're deadly. They're so, they make you feel things and they're precise. And especially if he's dissing someone, oh my God, he's so good. If you ever want to watch something interesting, he's a master of communication. If you ever go watch uh, the movie Eight Mile, there's an excellent, there's a wonderful scene. I really like it. Um, it's the scene, uh, it's, a la it's a very final rap battle. And in the rap battle, Eminem stands up and uh, he has to go first in the rap battle. So in a rap battle, traditionally, you'd, you'd diss the other person. The other person disses you back, insults you back. And uh, whoever insulted the other person better wins, right? And uh, Eminem, what he does instead is he starts his rap off by insulting himself. He goes, yeah, you're going to say this about me. You're going to say I'm white. You're going to say I'm dumb. You're going to say, you know, I, my friend shot himself in the foot. You're going to say this. You're going to say, you guys beat me up. You're going to say, I'm this. You're going to say, I'm white trash. You're going to say, I'm, and all of his insecurities. He airs out all of his insecurities. This is what you're going to say about me. Now let me insult you next. And he does it really, really well. 
That's, a, that's masterful communication because, well, <laughs> my mom, when I was growing up, she would often tell me like, if someone's getting angry, not angry, but if someone's trying to hurt your feelings, one of your best defenses, one of your best defenses, my, my mom would tell me this growing up, is, uh, is to, I forget how she worded it. She wouldn't say agree with them, but she would say, oh, like it was basically accepted in a sense. So someone said like, oh, you're so stupid. Oh my God. You might say, oh, you think so? Huh. Thanks for your input. Or, oh, really? Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. You don't say, oh yeah, I'm stupid. I know. That's not what you'd say because she, she disagreed with that. But, or if someone really said something, I remember this one time I was in junior high school, it's grade seven or grade eight. This guy, I don't even know, walks up to me and just looks all mean. I don't know what he's doing, but just kind of looked at me and said, your hair looks funny. And actually that day, I thought it looked funny too. I had a bad hair day. And I remember thinking that day when I did my hair, I was like, I don't think my hair looks very good. And I was like, oh man, I was at a water fountain. I still remember. I just looked up and he, there he was. And I remember looking at him saying like, yeah, you know, man, yeah, I think you're right. I, I was thinking the same thing today. And he goes, and I was like, yeah, I'm probably gonna go look, look in the mirror and maybe fix it. Do you want to come help me? <laughs> and he's like, what? And I said, yeah, I know my hair's a mess. Like, I know. Th thanks, man. I know. And he goes, yeah, but your hair is funny. I was like, yeah, I, I, I heard you. Anyway, I, I got to go to class, man, but see ya. Thanks. Something like that. Right. So that's another communication skill, right? It's a type of communication skill. Um, a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, um, just got a new job. And uh, prior to getting that job, um, he's been looking for a job for a while. And um, I had the impression that he was kind of sitting at home and twiddling his thumbs in a sense, as in he wasn't actively job hunting in a way that would be likely for him to actually go find a job. Like he wasn't sending enough resumes. You know, he wasn't sending, wasn't, he wasn't making sure his resume was well written. He wasn't networking enough, so on and so forth. But he got a job. And then after I asked him like, oh, great job. How'd you get it? Blah, blah, blah. I didn't know you'd apply there, this, that, the other thing. And he goes, uh, he tells me all these things he'd be doing for like a year looking for a job. And I was like, dude, that's amazing. I had no idea you're doing all those things. That's great. Good for you. Like, wow, here I thought you weren't doing very much to find a job. And I was kind of worried about you in a sense, like worried that, oh no, he, he's not really doing enough to find a job. Why isn't he? But actually he's doing quite a bit. He sent all these applications and he'd really, when he made mistakes in interviews, he would learn from the mistakes. And he was like, wow, I was like, good, good for you, man. And then he said to me, I was like, why didn't you tell me all this before? And basically he struggles sometimes to put words to what he struggles to put words to what he's doing. He can't always describe it. It takes him time to find the words to describe um, his actions or his thoughts or his feelings. Whereas, you know, for, for everyone, I suppose that's true, but it would not be difficult for me if I was looking for jobs. I could tell you exactly what I was doing. It would not be very difficult. If you asked me to describe it, like it would just come relatively straightforward. But for him, it's very difficult. That's another language communication skill. So language goes far beyond just, oh, I, I'm fluent in English. I'm like, it's, it's far beyond just, it's, it goes far beyond just fluency in a sense. It's something like that. There's so many micro skills that you could hone for the rest of your life in every language, even your first language. So I try to hone them in my English all the time. Like every day, a big focus of mine is improving my English. It's a big focus of mine and I do get better. At least I feel it. 
Anyway, let's wrap this podcast up here. Hope you enjoyed listening. Wow, it's already been 28 minutes. Good Lord, I felt like 10. So, okay, great. Hope you guys liked it. Have a great day. Watch out later. Bye-bye. See you.